Welcome to Woodstock Nation. Your host, Marla Davies. Hello, it's Woodstock Nation, the podcast. Getting excited for the Woodstock anniversary 50 years ago. Celebrating Woodstock Nation, the documentary coming out this year, celebrating 50 years of music festivals from Woodstock to today and exploring the revolution, evolution, and the life-changing magic of music festivals. It's been so fun just talking about Woodstock so much to people. And then you find out a lot of your friends, people you've known and worked with, for instance, my friend Mark Fenichel, he's a musician friend. We worked at a radio station together. I did not know you went to Woodstock, Mark. Oh, yeah, I was a little kid back then. I was 16, almost 17 years old. And we heard about the big festival. Well, it wasn't called a big festival. It was just a a weekend of camping and live music. And uh, my friends and I decided we got to go. And my parents thought it was fun for us to go. They didn't really object. Well, that's, they didn't know that's what pretty it was freewheeling. <laughs> yeah, they didn't really know what it was going to be. And hell, I was 16. I was almost an adult anyway. And uh, so we went and bought some tickets. Okay. I bought my three-day pass for $18 at the door or from no, another I, person. I bought them in advance. Okay. I bought them in advance right. at a, like a ticket master kind of place where you go and you line up and you stand in line and just get whatever tickets you want for whatever shows okay. are happening. All so right. And your friends did the my, same. Yeah. I got my ticket and it was at a place where you could buy camping equipment and gear. And we bought a new tent and some sleeping bags and got all our stuff together. And, I drove up there with uh, a couple of guys that were, I was a junior in high school and they were seniors. So they were already driving and they had a car. And, and so you uh, packed it in. No, so you yeah. guys seem like you were pretty prepared for this. I mean, I, I've heard stories of others not being as prepared as you. I mean, you guys had tents. Did you have water and food? I mean, were you really ready to go? We were pretty much ready to go. Um, so we got up there and of course, got stuck in this horrible traffic. Everybody was stopped on the freeway mm -hmm. and hanging with each other and meeting and greeting and talking and traffic wasn't really moving. And we ended up finding a, a like this field on the side of the road and just pulled over. There was no one else in the field. We just pulled into the field and thought we'll spend the night there. Now, what and, day is uh, this? Because the, the festival started on a Friday. Is this Friday? This was then? Thursday. Oh, this you're way Thursday. ahead of the game. Okay. So Thursday evening, we figured we'd get there and be there for Friday morning for the okay. festival. Because it was supposed, supposed to start at noon, which it didn't, of course. But Yeah. Okay, so you guys are really on top of it. I want to go to a festival with you because you're yeah. the man. Well, thanks. We really had it together, we thought. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, we got into that field and we we pitched our little tent next to the car and and uh, kind of crashed out and woke up with the sun the next morning and that entire field was filled with cars oh. <laughs> and people camping and you know you couldn't we were stuck in this field we couldn't even get the car out of there how far was so, the field from the festival i would say it was probably a couple miles Okay, that's not it so wasn't, bad. It wasn't real close, but it wasn't super far. Okay. Uh, maybe three miles. And so we ended up, we packed up a bunch of whatever we could carry. And back then, 
the tents were not very light. It wasn't like this little pop-up pup tent. Okay. It was a pretty heavy canvas tent with metal stakes and all that stuff. So you carried the tent and stuff and left the car? Yeah, we left the car. Okay. I never saw the car afterward. Ever? I, I <laughs> well, lost, I guess we'll I get lost to there. my friends. Oh, I gosh. I lost the friends that were driving. I hung out with one of the guys that I was with most of the time. You know what's and, so interesting about that? Because nowadays you wouldn't probably lose each other because you'd have cell phones to find each other. Yeah. Yeah, but in those that, days, yeah, you're just goodbye. See you later. So we got on to the road and started walking, you know, and like you saw in the movie, we jumped on a few cars and got some rides because our stuff was heavy. We were even able to put our stuff on the back of someone's car and walk along while they were driving because traffic couldn't move more than about five miles an hour anyway. And uh, so we were on the on the road walking and getting some rides heading toward the gate and uh, I was walking, I remember, and I looked in this car and I saw this girl that I knew from high school. Oh, that was a friend of mine. Small world. She was in the back seat of this car. So I ran up to the car and grabbed the door and opened it up and they came out. It turned out they were abducted by these two guys. Oh, gosh. Okay. This is a side them. note. They were going to take them and find a spot in the woods and, oh. you know, have their way with them. Oh, these my. girls were there's the piece of love we don't really need. Yeah, I saved their lives. I didn't even know it at the time. Well, we you were on quite an adventure. Later. Yeah, it was an amazing. That whole thing was just an amazing <laughs> adventure. So you saved Something some you, damsels in distress. Yeah, I never expected anything like that to happen. And uh, this uh, lady still lives up in like Washington State. and She's in touch once in a while and she still talks about it and tells all her friends how. I totally saved their lives and you know, yeah. it never would have happened otherwise. Wow. They that's don't know. pretty they magical. Were they were really scared. So that's just that was a great, one of the strange. great things that happened there. Absolutely. And when, when you were in the middle of this adventure, I mean, did you think, you know, it was going to be epic or did you kind of get a sense that this was something really special? We knew it was special because there were so many people that came. It was insane. We didn't expect it to be like that. We expected it just to be a nice few days camping kind of in the woods on the edge of where they had the festival and mm -hmm. hanging out and having a good time. Well, it probably was all of that as well, I'm sure. Did you yes. ever get the tent up and get yourself situated? Yeah. So the the first when we got there, we actually found the spot to set up our tent. OK. But when we got back to the tent. Everything was gone. Everything no. was stolen out of our tent. Our brand new sleeping bags oh. were gone. So everything you guys just missing. left everything just in the hoping, you know, hey, this is a safe spot. We'll just leave all our belongings in here. And you didn't think that was going to happen. There was the peace and love again. Come on. Yeah. I mean, it was going on everywhere, everywhere. A lot but of looting. Stuff like that was happening. You know, somebody probably thought, oh, I'll see what's in there and saw new sleeping bags and said, hey, I need one of these. And you know, they must have needed it more than you did, but I'm yeah, sure you needed it too. Hopefully it worked out. Hopefully it yeah. worked out for them. Oh so my. We made it, we but made you still it had the, the tent, right? I mean, at least you had a tent. They didn't yeah, take the tent. I don't know whatever happened to that tent. I oh. know. I, I didn't take it. <laughs> it may still be there right now for all I know. <laughs> well, there <laughs> you go. Later. What about your food? Did they take all that too? or? We had some, but we didn't. Have, we just figured there was going to be food inside that we could probably buy and eat. And oh, you did? Okay. Didn't realize that the food was almost gone. There was nothing. We went. We were able to walk like 
to the store that was nearby, uh-huh. but everything was like pillaged. There was nothing left on the shelves. Oh everything my! Was empty, like a war zone you know? type of thing. I did. I did get to walk by these tables, and it turned out, and you might have seen it in the movie, but Yasger's daughters were handing out cheese sandwiches to everybody. Okay, they so you made, got a cheese sandwich. So I got a cheese sandwich, nice. and there was some food, but um, you know, we we were there from kind of the beginning of the music. I mean, I I did see Richie Havens. Okay, because he started he the was, show. He kicked it off yeah. about five o'clock on that Friday. Yeah, so I we saw Richie and okay. uh, I. It's hard to even remember who else. That's what I was I gonna saw. say. What what sticks out in your mind as because it's a huge event and you just can't remember every little moment. And as it was fifty years ago, so what acts, what musical acts really stick in your head? Well, the main thing that sticks out in my head was being about twenty feet from the stage when Jimi Hendrix played. Okay. The end. All right, you and made it to the end. To see that. But I, what happened was where we were sitting, which was quite far away, we met these locals, these girls that were from the area and the rain started, it started coming down and they said, oh, you guys ought to come with us. We have a hotel in Monticello Mm. and we have a car not far from here and we know all the back roads. Nice. <laughs> so I never went through all that mud and any oh. of the bands that played that night. I never saw any of them. We we followed these girls and they took us to their car and they drove 10 miles to the town of Monticello. They had this great little motel room with a bunch of friends in there. And there were probably about 15 of us or 20 of us in that little hotel room taking turns, putting quarters in the vibrating bed. <laughs> And you got to do sitting that around smoking dope and, you of know, course. doing everything we did there. It was a great time. And then the next morning I told them, I, I really need to get back. And my friend I was with said the same thing. And they okay. said, all right, well, we're going to go back anyway. So they drove us back and pretty much dropped us off. It seemed like almost right near right the there. Stage. So and no, there what we day is it? I'm losing Hendrix track of time. Up. Oh, so this is Monday morning. So, so that would be Monday. Okay. Yeah. Which is the end of the festival. You know, it's funny you said that because I was talking to another friend and she said she went to Woodstock. Again, I I worked with her. I did not know she went to Woodstock. And as someone asked her, well, you didn't go to Woodstock if you didn't see Hendrix. Did you make it that far? She said no. She didn't make it. Uh A lot of people missed the Monday. but Yeah, it was pretty empty on Monday. There was not a lot of people there. There was a lot of trash strewn everywhere and mud and dirt and it was horrible looking on the field. It looked like a battlefield. Right. Because there was a lot of space. You could see everything at that point. There was, wasn't like thousands of people sitting on that space right. anymore. Everything lost, people's shoes and backpacks yeah. and who I'm you sure know, so people much. People found some great stuff in that in that whole mess. Well, apparently you know? they had an archaeological dig on that field recently trying to, you know, go through some of the gr- the dirt and and the grass and to see if there was anything they could find and they didn't find actually didn't find that much. It's probably been combed through at, you know, at this point. But that's so cool. So you saw Hendrix. You can say that you saw Jimi Hendrix at Woodstock, which is Yes. It's I monumental did. and you remember it, right? That's and important. I remember it very well. Yeah, I was there for the Star Spangled Banner. I came like in the middle of his Star Spangled Banner. Oh, really? Okay. I missed the beginning of it. But from there, I saw his entire set. It was very cool. And, 
you know, I remember seeing Country Joe. I remember a, a few of the acts, certainly. Um, but it was mostly a big blur. But mostly a blur, and we were pretty far from the stage. The sound wasn't like it is these days. Right. So, you know, people don't realize that. I was talking to someone else that said they went to Woodstock, and they were so far in the back that they did, you know, they were just, there were little peanuts up on stage. You really didn't have that feeling you were at a music festival. You were with a bunch of people, but not necessarily, the music wasn't so prominent in your face. Exactly. Exactly. But, but you saw Hendrix. There. You could hear the music. You could hear it. And okay. it was cool. And, um, you know, later on in life, I got to do a show in Redwood City. I played uh, on the bill with Richie Havens. Oh, my. Um, nice. And I also got to play with Richie during the sound check and during the break. He was talking about having me come up to play harmonica on this new song. Mm -hmm. And I was going to do it with him. We kind of played it on the side. And then he didn't do it. And oh. afterward, he came over and said, I'm really sorry. I just chickened out. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, like you're not familiar nerves. with the song well enough to just perform it. So. Well, apparently he, he made up that it. song Freedom on stage at Woodstock. So we know he's yeah. capable of that. Was, yeah, was that was that your first big music festival then? I mean, that's a pretty good one. Was it your first concert? That was. Uh, yeah, I would say that was probably my first big music festival, although I did go to this festival up in Canada. Uh not too much, maybe the next summer, maybe 1970. And it was supposed to be at a raceway, but it was so dangerous. These cars were racing and people were standing on the track and it was very crazy. I don't really remember the name of the festival. Yeah, they didn't they had... care about safety as much then as they do now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Things have but changed. There were some great acts, you know, 10 years after played and Sly and the Family Stone and uh, uh, Jethro Tull. And you Jose know, Feliciano. I remember all those acts at okay. this event. Because Jethro Tull was on the, they were supposed to, they were asked to play at Woodstock and they turned it down. Their manager thought it wasn't going to be a big deal. So they, they didn't make the bill. But of course, Sly did 10 years after. If you don't remember, you're probably in that cheap motel. Yeah. With some yeah, cute girls. I was. Things like that. So, you know, you're a musician, so you go to a lot of music things. And I know you're a deadhead as well, as I am. And we've gone, you know, you've gone to a lot of festivals since then. What do you think it was that 50 years ago, it really the biggest the music festival Woodstock started? And it's still, festivals are still so popular. What do you think it is that is the magic of music festivals? I think just all the people coming together for the sake of music. I think that's really where the magic is. You you have favorite artists. You want to come see them and get to see them close up, but get to be with all kinds of people and check out what's going on everywhere with everybody. Right. Really just seeing your friends. I think, yeah, I think that's what does it. And of course, yeah, going with your friends and being able to sit down and hang out and party and, you know, do what you feel like doing. Well, you're talking about you lost your friends at the end. And you mean, there's no way to communicate in those days. And I mean, 50 years later, what would we do without our cell phones? How do you think technologies change these festivals? Oh, well, you know, first of all, the sound is much better everywhere you go in a festival. They cater to the size of the venue. So you could be in certain places in a large venue and you can still hear the show really well. And you could see things better but with the big screens and all that stuff, which they didn't have back in those days. And, um, you know, everything now is a lot more organized. 
it was very disorganized. Um, you know, we went through the gates, the gates were already knocked down mm-hmm. and the guy at the gate said, Oh, I don't need your ticket. The gates are down. Just go right through, keep walking. <laughs> so I didn't even have to give up my ticket. And I was thinking, man, I didn't even have to spend that $18. Right. Back then it was a lot of money. Yeah. You know? It's hard to believe that. So you still have the ticket stub or did they get lost along the I way? I still have the tickets. It's not even a stub. I have the whole ticket. Nice. All three days, all, you know, together and not ripped and not damaged. And I put it in a frame yeah. and hanging in my living room. There you go. Yeah. You got to put that in a frame. So when yeah. you look, I mean, looking back, cause that's pretty monumental moment. Would, is that one of your top 10 moments of your life or is that, is it sort of been overplayed at this point? Uh, I, I don't think it's one of the top 10 moments of my life, but it certainly was good that I got to experience it and I got to be there. Um, what was pretty amazing was my parents were really worried when they saw all the stuff on the news. So they sent my brother up there to go find me. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> that did. happened. Oh, he and did. He, did. he, he found me you. and he said, oh, I just wanted to make sure you're OK. And he left. No, <laughs> please tell me much, he stayed. I didn't see him much after that. Did he stick he around with his friends? No, he went away with his friends. He he hung out, but he didn't uh, hung out hang with you because you were yeah. the young kid brother. And, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, it was fine. We were close anyway, so that's hilarious. It worked out. We hung out for a little while together and then went our own ways. Well, <laughs> I mean, it seems like to me, you know, it, we romanticized it, but it was pretty dirty and, you know, it had its moments, I'm sure. But, you know, you got to say you went, so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely went, and I've been to quite a few major festivals. I remember back in the day when we were working at KOME and they had the Us Festivals going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't go to the rock show, but I did get to go to the country us festival and oh. that was a wonderful time. And we had seats on the stage and, oh wow, you know, everything was organized very well. And Wozniak had a good handle on what was going on, and put out a lot of money to make it happen. And, uh, we so, got to meet some of the artists. And well, those are, the, nice. those are those backstage moments. So in general, you would basically the, the, say the festivals today are better than the one 50 years ago. Yeah, they are. I okay. think they are. I think they <laughs> are. Evolved. And sometimes, you know, they pair a lot of great bands together. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, going back to the day on the greens, those were monumental, mm-hmm. many of those, because of all the variety of acts that they would put together. It's very cool because you see some things you normally wouldn't see. They wouldn't be num- your first or second choice. And then you open your mind and see some great music. That's why I love the the eclectic Festivals. And the bridge festivals, the bridge yes. benefits also, you know, the same kind of thing. You get to see all these acts kind of out of their element, playing acoustic more than electric, doing things that they normally wouldn't do in their own shows. Absolutely. Yeah. So somebody that has never gone to a festival, what would you what would you tell them to do? What would how oh, would you be ready, uh, you know, prepare yourself for it? I would, you know, definitely recommend that they get tickets and get seats if there are seats available. So they could really sit there, enjoy it, and not be stuck on the on the floor. Way in with, the back. Or way in the back, yeah. So they right. can really enjoy the show and, you know, patronize the artists and patronize the vendors and, you know, take full advantage of what the whole thing is. Absolutely. Well, it is always about the music, when you know, for me. Yeah. The party's fun, too, but it's the music number one. Absolutely. Well, I am so glad that you were able to share that story of all these years I've known you. I had never heard uh, those those that I had story. Some great stories. I um, I had the pleasure of hanging out with Canned Heat. Actually, they came to San Jose to play 
one of the blues festivals one year and a friend of mine was set up to interview the drummer Fido. Oh yeah, I love him. Mm -hmm. And he was the only original member of Woodstock and uh, Skip, the manager, was still with him. Yeah, so he was still with him and we got invited to go afterward. Well, this gal said, hey, where are we going to do this? And they said, why don't you just come to our hotel room and hang out with us there and we'll do it there. So uh, I had my camera. I was like the photographer for her. And we went to their hotel room and it was nothing but a party. It was just Duh. a great time. But Skip and I started talking about Woodstock and he started telling me their story of uh getting flown in in a helicopter yes well don't tell and, the story because we're gonna get skip on the show we got and they were we'll get skip to tell it all right i'll let him tell i'll let him the tell the story about the helicopter got a story about that and, and, in fact uh, he's been was, hand in hand with us working on the documentary which is woodstock nation it's coming out this year and it is about the you know the magic of music festivals and from all these years and can't heat is still playing so they're still yeah. around they're still active and it, it'll be great to hear his, his story about woodstock another survivor well mark fenichel favorites of mine they've yay, always been of course of well they're they're fun i mean they, they've really stuck together too Thank you so much for telling your story and sharing it here sure, at Woodstock I got Nation. More. If you want more, okay. I've got lots of them. <laughs> All right. I just have to say one thing. I know you're kind of rushing, but when we were there, mm-hmm. the feeling was a little bit of paranoia because we were partying with all these thousands of people mm-hmm. and these helicopters were flying overhead. We didn't know they were bringing in the axe. We thought they were narc. Oh, my. Okay. Looking at the crowd, trying to spot people to arrest them for smoking marijuana. Oh, wow. (laughs) Pretty much the opposite. They were too busy doing other things. Yeah, they were busy. Anyway, that was great. Thank you so much for taking the time, Marla. Thank you so much, Mark. Good health to you, my friend. All right. We'll talk soon. Take care. Thank you for Woodstock Nation. Thanks to Mark Fenichel for sharing his story. And we'll be back again next week. Lots of stories, interviewing people that are there and people going to modern festivals as well and sharing all their good vibes too. Talk to you then. Peace. Peace, love, and thanks for being part of the tribe. From Marla Davies and everyone here at Woodstock Nation. Tune in. Turn on. Next week. 